Mario. And I'm Milkar. And this is two mics, one World Cup. And today we're going to be covering Group A, which is Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. We're going to be talking about what teams they are, who we think is going to make it, and just in general, what we know about the teams. And just to give you some background, I'm a Barcelona fan, so... <laughs> it's a little bitter right now. Yeah, so just <laughs> get it out there. Yeah, Mars a little bit, little frustrated that Barcelona lost in the Champions League and they're back to the Europa League one more time. <laughs> I, it's actually a smart move. I think Barcelona wants. Oh, you think it was planned? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying that it was planned, but I think Barcelona <laughs> wants their players to play well in the World Cup. So Champions League takes a lot out of you. So. Actually, wait. That makes total the sense. Maybe they should just, just rest right? them. No, <laughs> I think the group phase starts after the World Cup. Or the knockout phase starts after the World Cup, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. it's after. So it's irrelevant, yeah, kind of. But I, it's okay. We understand what you meant. <laughs> I have no excuses. Yeah. But, all right. they, should just re- they should just rest everybody. That, that's, that's just better. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But this group is, is kind of a wild one, man. This is probably, I would say, probably the most even group out of all of them. Or maybe not even but it's, I think maybe the most competitive one yeah we've mentioned this before like there's not many groups anymore that I'm like oh well actually a lot of groups have one clear winner or potential winner but then the other three teams are pretty solid and yeah this one's definitely up there even I'd say yeah all four of the teams could be these why do you think that is match. that everything's like even now I don't I think you see a lot across sports in general I think the level of play is getting better I think there's a little bit more resources in places where there wasn't maybe before. If you like stack up teams, there's still large discrepancies. But um, I think overall, it's just getting more competitive. The gaps you would see in the past, like 70s, 80s, and if you go even further back, I think those are kind of gone, even like early 2000s. So I think, yeah, you look at teams that before had all domestic league players now they have either some or more than half the teams that are playing top five leagues in europe so i think that's why yeah i think a lot of it also probably like with technology now like i think now a player in the middle of nowhere in africa or asia or europe or united states can get discovered where before it was like oh if a scout doesn't come to your town and watch you play once like you're never going to discover this random you know person in that lives in the middle of nowhere you know so I think that might be a big thing because then you have all these players now playing for these top flight European teams that maybe would have never been seen um, had it not been for social media or for technology in general. That's so true. And then it also goes to show like when you see someone that's from a place like you or that looks like you, you're like, you know what? I can do it too. And I think it inspires a lot of other uh, young athletes to like really reach for these dreams. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I think also like, the world is starting to embrace a soccer or football more now. Like even the United States, I mean, the, like the fact that we have academies now here from some of these MLS teams that just did not exist before um, is kind of wild. And like in in Europe, it's like this is something that's been around for decades. You know, kids go into these academies at eight years old, seven years old. You know, um, and that's why I think they're so far ahead uh, than a lot of the world because they're able to start from so young. That is so true. Even like MLS teams, like. We got we live in LA. We got LAFC a few years back, I think like five years ago. And I've met fans at MLS games that tell me like, Oh yeah, I came to a game and I was hooked. Like the environment, the fans, they're so loud. And I know there's people probably in Europe telling us, Oh, please. <laughs> this ain't nothing. Turf. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but 
people are really embracing the sport and at least in the u.s and a lot of other places like it's becoming even more lucrative than before so where there's a money opportunity people will come yeah i think it's a combination of those factors yeah but it's great though because like now you don't have the the typical people or the typical countries that are winning everything or qualifying and like we saw a lot of powerful countries that didn't even qualify this year you know Um, and they're taking over by some other countries yeah yeah exactly all right, and you're probably wondering, so are you going to talk about Group A? Or- <laughs> <laughs> We're not. Okay, so- Plot twist. We're joking. <laughs> yeah. No, so th- this is a, a Group A um, breakdown. So we have Qatar. So they are the host nation. Their current FIFA ranking is 49, and they're making their first World Cup appearance. So how did they qualify here? They got the World Cup. They, they got the bid. So that's how. So they Kafka didn't actually bought it. Yeah, <laughs> potentially, yeah. There's been a lot of controversy that's come up around Qatar getting the the World Cup, and that's a story for a maybe true crime podcast. Um, but maybe we'll reference it through throughout the different groups. But um, they are coached by a fellow Spaniard, uh, a Mocorio, Felix Sanchez. Yep, yep. Um, they also have a team that's all domestic players, which is kind of like what we talked about, like teams back in the day but i guess this being their first appearance in a world cup i'm interested to see how they end up playing in the world stage although we've mentioned we're looking at the qatar team how they've prepared they've actually been a really well-traveled team they played in the gold cup and made it in the u.s and they made it to the semifinals. they also played copa america they've been having friendlies with like european teams asian teams they're really traveling trying to like really dip their feet into the different competition i think amokar you mentioned that they're even playing club teams right yeah i know that they, they had played a club team i don't know it was like uh, i think it was lazio that yeah. they played so it's kind of kind of wild that they're it's a national team playing a club team which i've never seen before yeah it's like the fifa <laughs> matchup that you play like on ps3 ps3 <laughs> ps3 man you just aged yourself yeah. quite a bit <laughs> that, that's what was like the new uh console when i was uh, a teenager ps5 uh, there's a six one, I think. No, no I think five. I think okay, five is yeah. the recent one. Yeah, five or six, but y- you get the point. But yeah, so I-, I am interested to see how they end up matching up. There's nothing else we can compare them to in terms of a World Cup, but traditionally the teams that host the World Cup tend to perform better. For example, Uruguay won the World Cup when they were hosting. UK or sorry, England won it in 1966 when they were hosting, and even if teams don't win they make it a lot further than they usually do like russia for example i don't Milker, i don't think spain has hosted one have they mm, i think they have a while back i think uh, oh yeah barcelona i think they hosted in barcelona uh, okay. i want to say a while back um but not too sure but it's crazy so do you think that they're gonna they're gonna do what every every host nation does and get out of the group well it, that's a tough one just because they don't have a lot of again experience even though they've gotten more recently i think it's gonna be tough for qatar but i'm excited to see what they what they get like us living in the u.s we're getting the world cup in four more years i guess almost three but i'm really excited so i'm just excited for for the people of qatar and just in the middle east to have the tournament nearby and even though maybe they don't make it far even teams that are playing near their own country tend to also do better so i am interested to see if other teams in the middle east or even like near like in africa end up like playing 
a better World Cup than than usual. But for Qatar, I think this time it, it might be tough. They would be. I think South Africa is the only other team that didn't make the round of sixteen after or when they hosted the World Cup. But I think there's a good chance Qatar is the second team on that list. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the the thing with them is that you like you said they played the Gold Cup and they played well, and then they played the exact same friendlies uh, that Croatia did, you know, the, recently, and they had the exact same scores as Croatia. Oh wow. You know, with every single team that they played, so it's it's kind of an interesting one. Like no one really knows them, so that could be like to their advantage, where a lot of teams won't know really how to play them because they haven't seen them. The team hasn't been together very very long, um, so it is kind of wild. And also, like everyone plays domestically, so yeah. how many how many players from the Qatari league are you know playing in the World Cup right now? Uh, probably not very many. So I yeah. think if anything, they could they can make a splash that way. Um, I don't think Qatar is going to go down without swinging. So if anything, maybe they don't make it out of, out of the group. But I think they could ruin you know ruin a game here here or there for maybe Netherlands or Ecuador or, or Senegal. You know they can yeah. play they can play the the ruiner there. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see uh, how they play. They're probably going to play a very tight game, very defensive, like a lot of people in this group are. are so. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see to see what they do, and hopefully, hopefully for like you said, for the Qatari people, they if they don't go out, they they play well. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll probably get a better feel for what Qatar team we're going to see in the opening game against Ecuador, which I think, luckily for them, is probably the easiest matchup that they'll have. So they'll probably have all that excitement from hosting the World Cup, and I think that's their best chance at maybe setting themselves up well. Anything outside of a tie or win from this game would probably make it hard for them to to move on. Yeah, and I mean they're, they're starting with Ecuador, then Senegal, then Netherlands. So they're yeah. building themselves up. So they could maybe if they get a win against Ecuador or Senegal here, you know they get they the tides turn, they get their hopes up, and then all of a sudden maybe they're a different team. You know, yeah. I mean we've seen crazier things in the world in the World Cups. You know, it's kind of like March Madness. You know, you never know what's going to happen until it happens, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of wild. But speaking of uh, other teams that could make a splash, I mean, we got Senegal. I mean, that we're talking about their current FIFA World Ranking 18, uh, been to World Cup twice already, and they uh, qualified in a kind of crazy way. They beat Egypt, I think, twice, right? Yeah. Um, in the span of not too long, um, in penalties as well yeah. in the African Cup. And then, obviously, they're probably the most stacked on paper team, I would say, with the likes of, obviously, Sadio Mane, Eduardo Mendy, and Koulibaly. Um, all play in top flight uh, English clubs. Um, or Sadio Mane, I guess now he plays for Bayern Munich, so not English clubs. It's still top flight, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, crazy. I think you have one of the, the one of the, if not the best goalkeepers in the World Cup. Um, and you don't often find that on like not great teams. So it'll be interesting to see because he, he was voted, I think, the best. He got the Golden Gloves in 2021, I think he won best goal in the world playing for Chelsea. And Koulibaly plays for Chelsea as well. A defender, and then obviously, we all, I think everyone knows who Sadio Mane is and what he brings to, to the uh, to the field. So it'll be this. This one will be good. I mean, they didn't they didn't uh, make into the knockouts like we talked about because they had too many yellow cards uh, yeah. when they played against Japan last World Cup. But I think they are they have someone like in Sadio Mane that can bring the ball up. Um, really cool hair too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Is he like the the, the stripe? Yeah, down? I, don't know if he's, I don't know if he's changed it recently, but yeah, I, I was a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you were going you were going for that too? Yeah, I can't really rock it the same way. <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, I mean, you know, he can he can buzz down the sidelines, you know, and, and feed the ball in. And a lot of these, like we said, they're gonna be close games. So I think a one zero is gonna gonna potentially do it. So he could be the, the, the person that brings them brings that home and, and that's that's one of the winning goals. So I, I think they're they're my choice uh to come in second. So I, I have faith in them. 
Yeah, I agree. Like you look at this team and kind of again to the point we were making earlier about teams playing top flight soccer or football. Most of them are playing in Europe and in like competitive clubs at least, but a lot of them in, in very good clubs. So yeah, from I'd say the African champions on paper at least are the best team from Africa and potentially maybe this group. So yeah, I think they'll, they'll be pretty exciting to watch. And yeah, you, you mentioned like how awesome Sadio Mane is. I'd say that might be their biggest weakness too, like the reliance on him. So I'm curious if anyone else will step up and provide any attack. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see how they play. And I, and I think they, they have a chance of making a, a decent run. And speaking of other teams with decent runs, we can move over to the Netherlands, current FIFA World Ranking number eight. So they're playing on their 10th World Cup appearance. And contrary to popular belief, or at least between us, they've never won a World Cup. They've been close many times. But yeah, they're, they're still looking for, for that first World Cup. And they qualified automatically from uh, winning Group G from the UEFA qualifiers. And this is them coming back into good form after not qualifying for the 2018 World Cup, not qualifying for the 2016 Euros. And a lot, not the main reason, but it's been a lot of reasons, but their coach, Louis van Gaal, now 70 years old, is coming back to coach the Netherlands. Last time he was coaching them was 2014, where they had a very, very dominant World Cup, where they ended up coming up in third. They, they actually beat Brazil, the host at the time, 3-0. But then after that, they kind of went downhill for, for a period. But uh, ever since then, they really have what's probably like a new golden generation of really young talent. But a lot of these players are still, again, young. And they haven't had the exposure to the world stage in terms of large tournaments other than the most recent Euro Cup. But outside of that, like some of their top players, like Virgil van Dijk, for example, he's never played in a big international tournament because he was out at the last Euros and then the previous Euros and World Cup, they didn't qualify. So I am curious to see how this really talented team that's play, that plays in some of the best teams in the world can play together and play in, again, a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think when we're talking about them, we talk about, like, obviously the Euros two Euros ago and then the World Cup, they played poorly. And this last Euros, they got knocked out in the round 16. The interesting part is that in the Nations League, like they basically took over. I mean, they beat Belgium twice, Wales twice, and then tied to Poland once. So they basically took over that. And we're talking about a Belgian team that is ranked, I think, what, second, maybe third. I think they were ranked one in the world at that time, too. Yeah, so so they're, they're, it seems like they're coming into form. And we're talking about, obviously, Van Dyke now playing, which... I mean, then people might say, you know, one player, but I mean, that's one big, big time player you know, in the in the defense. And then you said like young players like De Jong and Depay, like those guys are obviously play for Barcelona. Some play more than others. <laughs> Some play on the bench, but just just seeing how young they are. Um, and a lot of these guys, the crazy part with Netherlands, most of their guys play for Ajax at one point or another. Yeah. And I feel like that's they they develop the commodity there, and then everyone just picks them off one by one, you know, whether it's uh, European or sorry, whether it's English teams or Spanish teams, um, they all end up taking those guys. So obviously on paper, I think this is by far the the team that people should be picking for to win this group. But, you know, you did talk about the struggles when it comes to big tournaments um, and that might be something to look out for, uh, when, especially when we're talking about teams like, like a Senegal 
or a guitar playing at home, you know, that could scare them with a 1-0 goal, maybe lose a point here or there. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I think the two like stronger teams on paper, at least for this group, are Senegal and Netherlands. So the fact that they open the World Cup playing each other, it'll really set the stage for maybe who's first and second just on that game alone. And then assuming that they don't tie and one team gets a win, it'll also put the team with the loss. It, it, it'll be a good test to see if they can really step up and take care of business for the next two games and guarantee six points or four points, whatever it is that they end up needing to to get by. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, other than Van Dyke, I mean, just the fact that Louis van Gaal wasn't coaching during those poor, poor games that they had. So, I mean, that could be something. They came back old faithful, you know, yeah. he knows how to run it. He had the great run in 2014 um, where he took out Spain in the first round. <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> yeah, third time coaching the Netherlands. So, yeah, third time might be the charm. I know, but maybe last time, man, I saw he was 70 years old. Yeah. Like, you know, but I guess, I guess you, you can coach for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see. I think on paper that they're the, one, the ones to beat, but let's see how it goes, man. Anything can happen. Um, and the last team, but definitely not least, uh, we got Ecuador here. Uh, so they're FIFA ranking 44, been to the World Cup three times, and they qualified in the Comenbol uh, in fourth place. So Comenbol is basically like South America. That's how they, they're basically a regional tournament. Um, but they knocked out, I mean, they knocked out the likes of Colombia and Chile, which are usually two Latin American powerhouses. Yeah, Peru, Paraguay, yeah. A lot of these countries you usually see in the World Cup. And, exactly. Yeah. So the fact the fact that they were able to beat those countries or and stay afloat and be able to get to the World Cup is huge. Um, biggest thing with them, I feel like, is they're so young. I mean, they got a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds. They have a great defense, which is going to be tough for teams to score on them. Their attackers are on the younger side. But, I mean, I think they'll be able to counter pretty well. So this, they're going to play very, very, very tight. And this might be one of those teams where they score one goal and then see a parking the bus in the back, going to have 10 players behind <laughs> yeah. the line, and good luck good luck scoring on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you give up an early goal against them, it's going to be very, very, very tough for them to uh, to to lose. Um, and they also played well. I mean, they played well against Brazil and Argentina. They tied against both those. But the biggest negative I'd say, which is something to look out for here, is that they have they only won once in their entire uh, World Cup qualifying outside of Ecuador. So they only beat they beat Mexico, unfortunately for yeah. you. <laughs> it was the only team they beat, but they lost every other game that they ever played outside. Um, and at this point, obviously in Qatar, it's every single game is away. So, and Ecuador is probably one of the furthest places that they're traveling from to get to Ecuador, or sorry, to get to Qatar. So that might be something to look out for. I mean, maybe they play well, really well at home, kind of like what we just talked about Qatar. They play, they could play well at home, surprise people. Here might have the opposite. Like a, a pajama team, basically. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Most comfortable at home. Yeah. And yeah, I think this team has a lot of young, like you mentioned, talent. I'm curious if it's going to be kind of like England, for example, in 2018, where it was like, okay, this seems really young and good and promising and next world cup they're going to do really well but they actually surprised a lot of people and they had a deep run they made it to the semis i don't think the ceiling is quite that high for this ecuador team but if they can snag a second and not to say they can't win the group but if they can even sneak in and get a second spot they could potentially maybe make a final eight run potentially oh that's bold yeah final eight so you think they'll win one more game after this i don't i mean 
once you're in it, like it's just one game at a time. Yeah, I, I guess I'm starting to sound happen. like a coach, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I I am curious. I think it this will be a case. I think Ecuador is going to be a more of a regular fixture in the World Cups going forward, at least next World Cup, World Cup after. And I think this will be a case where next World Cup they'll have really good chances. So since I'm kind of getting into my predictions, I guess I'd still say this is definitely the group that the Netherlands is favored in, and I think they will win it but i think senegal will come in second and i think this is going to be a goal differential scenario where um they both probably have seven points and then senegal because the goal differential gets second place uh senegal and who oh sorry in netherlands <laughs> so you think they're gonna tie yeah I, I actually think they'll tie it when in the opening game and then both of them will probably take care of business when they play um qatar and ecuador Okay, see, that's interesting. Um, I, I mean, I have Netherlands that's going to go go through. I, I have a tough time. I'm not as as certain as you are with Senegal because I feel like between Senegal and Ecuador, it could be anybody. Yeah, and that that's the tough time that I have. But I think I'm probably gonna have to agree with you. I think, like you said, I I agree completely. I think Ecuador is probably this is kind of the warm up World Cup. Come next year, I think that's where they're going to be playing much better. So I think I, I probably have to agree with you. I think I would go Netherlands first, Senegal second. I don't think it'll be a tie or anything like that, but I think Netherlands will lose a game. Um, I could very much see either Senegal or Ecuador taking uh, taking a game from them. So it, it'll be it'll be tight for sure. All right, and throughout the whole breakout process, Amoka and I will be building our brackets, so we'll we'll make sure to key those in and and keep you all updated to see how we do. Yeah, so you'll know if you should be listening to our advice or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, at this point, what would you say is the ceiling for the Netherlands and Senegal, which since we both have them going through? Uh, Senegal, I could see maybe one more win. No, I don't know. I think maybe maybe they make it out of the knock into the knockouts and lose the first game. Uh, Netherlands, I could see very easily either the final eight or um, into the quarters. Interesting. Yeah, because if the net, assuming like in your scenario, you have the Netherlands winning, so they would be 1A, they would play 2B, so either England, US, Iran, or Wales. So yeah, assuming it's not England, yeah, I think they could definitely make it to at least top eight, and then from there, you never know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, what about Senegal? How far do you think they can go? I think Senegal will lose the next, the next match. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think. You're, Sorry, one more. No, no, no. I was just saying, I really, I think that, yeah, Netherlands quarters and then Senegal loses right away. So I think, yeah, Netherlands with one more game and then that's it. Yeah, I I probably would agree with that. I think at least one of these teams will will make it to the quarters and the other one around the 16. Because I'm assuming that second place will probably play England. Maybe not. Yeah, Yeah, if you're playing England, one of the favorites to win, and it's going to be tough. (laughs) But overall, I'd say like a very interesting group, but also very diverse. You, they're, split up pretty well you have a middle eastern team an african team a european team and south american team so i i really like how this kind of is a pretty good geographic representation of the world cup yeah and honestly i mean i would say it probably involves the most number of teams that maybe a lot of people don't follow so it could be a lot of good soccer to watch um just maybe up and coming teams that people haven't really seen in the world cup or they don't maybe tons of followers so yeah, that, that could be interesting. But I think they play a lot of really early games, don't they? So I don't know if I'm going to be waking up at 2 a.m. to watch those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm i just glad, like, U.S. and Mexico don't have any 2 a.m. games. Because I think 5 a.m. is the closest thing I could wake up for. But we'll see. 
think that about does it for this group but yeah excited to see where it goes yep next episode we're going to be going through group b so uh stay tuned uh make sure you like and subscribe and get our podcast uh, with you wherever you're going um we'll make sure you know exactly what's going on so we'll see you next time for group b all right i'm mario montes and i'm a milk car. Bye.